want to talk about the basics of who I am. And this is how I am definitely going to start it off. First, I want to admit that me, I have been a person that is non-traditional, non-conventional, free-thinking, free-living, free-loving. What helps me to be those ways is that I have done a tremendous amount of work on myself. So I want to revisit some things because this is the last time I'll say this on the podcast by myself. If I ever repeat myself in the future, it'll be because of guests I've had on. Let me go through this one more time alone while you listen. Okay. I am allosexual. A word and category describing those who experience sexual attraction. Use of this term helps normalize the experience of people on the asexual spectrum and provides a more specific label to describe those who aren't a part of the asexual community. Asexuality is beautiful, but I'm not a member of the asexual community. So yes, I am allosexual. I am autosexual. A person is sexually attracted to themselves. Someone's desire to engage in sexual behavior such as masturbation is eternal as it is they're autosexual. So yes, I have the hots for me, myself, and I. I'm autosexual. I'm autoromantic. A romantic orientation describes a person who's romantically attracted to themselves. People identify as autoromantic, autoport experience relationships they have with themselves romantic. So yes, I'm married to me, myself, and I. I'm autoromantic. I am demisexual. On the asexual spectrum, this sexual orientation describes people who experience sexual attraction only under specific circumstances such as after building a romantic emotional relationship with a person. This is how I define Emotional intimacy can occur in casual sexual arrangements. It's all about honoring 
the heart and the mind and just the inner life in general of others, the people you're in casual sexual intimacy with, and yourself. So I'm demisexual, and I'm also demiromantic. This romantic orientation describes people who experience romantic attraction only under specific circumstances, such as after building an emotional relationship with a person. And so, yes, I'm doing my romantic because I have to establish emotional intimacy before I do anything else with a person. If we're going to have a more than just regular friends arrangement. So, again, I'm doing my romantic. Yes, I'm fluid. This term refers to the fact that sexuality, sexual attraction, and sexual behavior can change over time and vary based on circumstances. It's used to describe people experience shifts in their sexuality, sexual attraction, or sexual behavior in different situations or, or throughout the course of their lifetime. You may hear someone describe their sexuality as fluid. So I'm sexually fluid. Um, because sometimes I'm more in the mood for men, sometimes I'm in the mood more for women, and sometimes I'm more in the mood for non-binary persons, sometimes I'm more in the mood, more in the mood for transgendered persons, sometimes I'm more in the mood for genderless persons, sometimes I'm in the mood for more gender queer persons, sometimes I'm in the mood, I'm in the mood for more LGBTQI plus persons. So again, I am sexually fluid. I'm queer. An umbrella term that describes people who aren't exclusively heterosexual. The term queer, the Q in LGBTQI plus acknowledges that sexuality is a spectrum as opposed to a collection of independent and mutually exclusive categories. Use of the word opens up options beyond lesbian, gay, and bisexual. So people don't fit neatly into these categories or prefer a category that isn't dependent on sex and gender. While this term once had negative derogatory connotations, queer has resurfaced as a common, a socially acceptable way for LGBTQI plus people to refer to themselves and their communities. Despite its growing use, some people still have negative associations with the word and don't want to be referred to in this way. Queer, like all terms describing sexuality, should be used sensitively and respectfully. I'm queer because 
my sex and gender fall outside of the gender binary and the sexuality binary as well. I'm homosexual, a term used to refer to people who reject sexuality labels and don't identify with any of them. Homosexual is not necessarily identity. Sometimes I just, sometimes I don't want to put a, a description to my biology. I just love the sensations of my biology when it comes to attractive persons. That's just how I am. I'm polysexual. A term that describes people with a sexual orientation that involves sexual or romantic attraction to people with varying genders. Polysexual orientations include bisexuality, pansexuality, omnisexuality, and queer among many others. So yes, I have the hots for more than just one gender identity. So yes, I'm polysexual. I am panromantic. A term that describes people who can experience romantic or emotional but but not sexual attraction in person about that person's gender, sex, and sexuality. Me, my pan, my being panromantic does include sexual attraction in person regardless of that person's gender, sex, or sexuality. So, panromantic also means that I just fall in love with people for who they are, their temperaments, their personalities, their characters, their inner beauty, and their inner lives. So yes, I'm panromantic. I am pansexual, a term that describes people who can experience sexual, romantic, emotional attraction to any person because of that person's gender, sex, or sexuality. That's so self-explanatory, all I can say is, yes, I am pansexual. I am LGBTQI+. The acronym that often describes people who don't identify as exclusively heterosexual or exclusively cisgender. The letters in LGBTQI plus acronym stand for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, and asexual. The plus symbol in LGBTQI plus refers to the fact that there are many sexual orientations and gender identities that are part of the broader LGBTQI plus community are included as part of the acronym. So yes, I am an LGBTQI plus person.
I am a gynosexual. A term used to communicate sexual or romantic attraction to women, females, or femininity. This term intentionally includes attraction to those who identify as women, female, or feminine, regardless of biology, anatomy, or the sex assigned at birth. I'm gynosexual, but let me put one more word to the two definitions. A term used to communicate sexual, romantic, and emotional attraction to women, females, or femininity. The term intentionally includes sexual, romantic, and emotional attractions to those who identify as women, female, or feminine, regardless of biology, anatomy, or the sex assigned at birth. Sexual attraction. Sexual attraction refers to experience of sexual desire or arousal relation to another person or group of people. So yes, I do experience sexual attraction. Sapiosexual, a word used to describe those who experience attraction based on intelligence, either sex or gender. So, I am a sapiosexual, I'm also a sapiophile because I am attracted to high intelligence. I am a I am a scoliosexual. A sexual orientation that describes people who are sexually attracted to those with non cisgender gender identities, such as people who are non binary, gender queer, or trans. So yes, I'm a scoliosexual. I'm a spectrosexual. Can I describe people who are sexually romantically emotionally attracted to multiple of their sexes, genders, and gender and genders and gender identities than necessarily all or any? My being spectrosexual includes all and any.
So yes, I'm a spectrosexual. I'm also emotionally attracted and romantically attracted to those with non-cisgender gender identities such as people who are non-binary, gender, queer, and trans. I just wanted to clear that up. So, I'm scolio-romantic and I'm spectra-romantic. It means that I'm sexually, romantically, and emotionally attracted to people of all gender identities, all sexual orientations, and all sex characteristics. It's that simple. Scolio-romantic, spectra-romantic, just remember those. I'm a sapia romantic. I do experience emotional, um, romantic and sexual attraction to people based on intelligence. <laughs> yes, I do experience romantic attraction. The experience of having an emotional response that results in desire for romantic but not necessarily sexual relationship. Uh, interaction with another person or oneself. Some people experience romantic attraction but don't experience sexual attraction. Basically for me, if I have lovey-dovey feelings for you, I also want to engage in full-blown sex with you. That's what romantic attraction means for me. So I'm pomo-romantic. A term used to refer to people who reject romance labels. A term used to refer to people who reject romance labels, or don't identify any of them. Pomo romantic is not necessarily an identity. So sometimes I just want to feel my feelings and not always describe them, or not use labels to describe them. I should say. So I'm also poly romantic. A term that describes people with a romantic orientation that involves emotional, sexual, and romantic attraction to people with varying genders. Polyromantic orientations include biromantic, panromantic, omniromantic, and even queer, among many others. I'm omnisexual. Omnisexual, similar to pansexual, these describe people whose sexuality isn't limited isn't limited to those of a particular gender, sex, or sexual orientation. So yes, I'm omnisexual, I'm also omniromantic. Omniromantic is similar to paramantic abuse to describe people whose romantic orientations aren't limited to those of particular gender, sex, or sexual orientation. So omniromantic. Wow.
I am androsexual. A term used to communicate sexual, emotional, romantic attractions to men, males, and masculinity. This term intentionally includes attraction to those who identify as men, male, or masculine. Regardless of biology, anatomy, or sex signed at birth, so let me read that for you one more time, but let me put my spin to it. This term intentionally includes romantic, sexual, and emotional attraction to those who identify as men, male, and masculine. Regardless of biology, anatomy, or sex assigned at birth. So yes, I am an androsexual. I'm also an androromantic. Meaning that I love and am in love with men, males, and masculinity. Regardless of biology, anatomy, or sex assigned at birth. So I'm androromantic too. I am alloromantic, a word and category describing those who experience romantic attraction. Use of this term helps normalize the experience of people on the A romantic spectrum and provides more specific labels to describe those who aren't a part of the A romantic community. So I am alloromantic. I'm not a member of the aromantic community, even though aromanticism, being an aromantic is awesome, it's beautiful. This is a gender identity umbrella term for gender identities that can't be exclusively categorized as man or woman. Individuals who are non-binary can experience gender a variety of ways, including the combination of man and woman, neither man nor woman, or something else to altogether. Some non-binary individuals are trans, while many others don't. Whether a non-binary person is also trans typically depends on the con typically depends on the extent to which that person identifies even partially with the sex and gender assigned to them at birth. So yes, I'm non-binary. I am I am pan-gender. A non-binary gender identity describes people who experience all their many gender identities on the gender spectrum simultaneously over time, similar to omnigender. So I'm pangenic. 
I'm Ami Gender, non-binary gender identity that strives to experience all the many gender identities on the gender spectrum simultaneously or over time seeing the changing. So again, I'm omnigender. Um, I'm polygender. This gender identity term describes the experience of having multiple gender identities simultaneously over time. This term indicates the number of gender identities someone experiences but doesn't necessarily indicate which genders are included in the given person's polygender identity. Um, that polish and So I am transgender or trans. Both an umbrella term including many gender identities and specific gender identities that describes those with gender identity that's different from their gender or sex assigned at birth. So, I'm a I'm trans non-binary person. Other gender. People use this gender identity experience having a gender that can't be described using existing language due to its complex and unique nature. So, because my gender identities are complex and unique, Navi gender, Nava gender is a good way to describe me too. I'm multi gender. This umbrella term is used to describe people who experience more than one gender identity. That's definitely me. I'm a maverick. Listen, non-binary gender identity emphasizes the inner experience of gender. It describes those who experience gender or have a core gender identity that's independent of existing categories and definitions of gender, man or woman, masculine or feminine, and androgynous or neutral. I'm gender queer. This non-binary gender identity in term describes someone with a gender that can't be categorized as exclusively man or woman, or exclusively masculine or feminine. People who are gender queer experience and express gender in different ways. This can include neither both or a combination of man, woman, or non-binary genders. Yep, I'm gender queer. I'm a gender fuck. Similar to the term gender bender, the term involves the act of combating or dismantling the gender binary stereotypes. The gender identity expression of reputation that challenges existing norms and expectations in a given cultural context. 
I'm gender fluid. This label is used to describe gender identity or expression. It involves the experience of moving between genders or having gender, a change of a particular period of time. For example, from moment to moment, day to day, month to month, week to year, decade to decade. Sometimes I identify, sometimes I feel more like a man, more like a woman, more like a uh, trans person, more like a non-binary person, more like a genderqueer person, more like a genderless person. Even though I feel more of, I'm still all these gender identities that you, I'm explaining to you now. I'm gender bearing. Similar to gender non-conforming, gender variant is an umbrella term used to, used to describe people with a gender expression or presentation that's different from the perceived social norm or dominant group. Some people dislike this term because of its potential to perpetuate misinformation. A negative stigma about non-cisgender gender identities and non-conforming presentation being less quote-unquote normal or naturally occurring. I'm gender non-conforming. The term is used to describe people in gender expression and presentation. That's different from cultural or social stereotypes associated with a person's perceived or assigned gender or sex. Gender non-conforming isn't a gender identity, though some people do self-identify using this term. It doesn't convey any information about the way someone experiences gender internally. More accurately, gender non-conforming is a term used to describe physical traits in relation to socially and culturally defined gender categories. People of any gender, cis, trans, and non-binary can be gender non-conforming. I'm gender non-conforming. And, Just learning more about myself. I go, I go by all gender pronouns, or I go by. All the male gender pronouns, all the female gender pronouns, all the trans gender pronouns, all the non-binary gender pronouns, all the genderless gender pronouns, uh, all the gender queer gender pronouns. I go by all gender pronouns. Antonio is my male name. He is my female name. 
I'm just always thankful. You can sorry about that. I'm just glad to be doing these episodes with you all. So important. And uh A lot of people need to know what they are. So they can look better at night, hopefully. That would be the same. simply not wanting to have children. There's availability of effective contraception or sterilization, which makes my choice to remain voluntarily child-free easier. Other possibilities in my life open up due to my lack of children. I have a lack of desire to perpetuate my family line or pass on my genes. I have an unwillingness to sacrifice freedom and independence to rearing children. I have an unwillingness to give up my current and my future lifestyles. I'm not into the possible deterioration of interpersonal relationships. I have a preference of pursuing my personal development than to raising children. I have refusal to have my needs and my wants subjugated by those of someone else and others. I have an unwillingness to disrupt my current and future work life and my private home life. I have career orientation and intellectual pursuits, which are at odds with uh, parenthood. The burden of proof is now on child-free people like myself to justify why we do not want to have children, or rather on the others to justify why anyone should. Positive attitudes and lack of regret of people who chose not to have children. 
I am into the preventing long-term disruption of sleep by crying young children. In other words, I don't want to have to keep losing sleep to get kids to sleep. I'm I'm not having to repeatedly clean up a child's mess. Yeah, I don't want to be the child's custodian or janitor all the time. Um, I don't want my sexual activity to ever decline. I don't like my sex life being interrupted. I like it uninterrupted. Um, I love that my sexual activity is without the need, risk, nor willingness to get pregnant. I'm not impregnating anybody ever because I'm a birth control usage person. I'm a birth control user. I have disapproval of perfectionist attitudes towards child rearing in modern society in modern societies. I have reluctance to replicate the genes of my own parents in cases of uh, child abuse. Um, it would, in my situation, it wouldn't be right for me to have children, um, knowing that um, they'll be related to my my brother. And I don't trust my parents to protect my children because. They didn't directly abuse me, but they didn't directly protect me. Um, plus, I don't want them to grow up without an uncle like I had to grow up without my mom's brother. I don't have my brother around, so I don't want to repeat that with my children. Um, certain things they don't have to go to so I simply might not have mind not having that uh, plus I'm into uh, I think that as society becomes better developed it is generally true that expectations of parental investment per child goes up depressing fertility rates. Hmm. That's real. And I have concerns of the effects pregnancy has on a woman's body. Weight gain, stretch marks, drooping breasts, hyperpigmentation on the face, lucid pelvic muscles leading to reduced sexual pleasure for both a woman and her partners. Pain hemorrhoids, urinary incontinence, death among others, so I do have pregnancy concerns and none of those things are to be ashamed of because they're not I'm just saying those are my concerns uh I have uncertainty over the stability of the parenting relationship and damage to relationship difficulties within getting children may cause. Like, I think I would be an excellent parent. I know I would be. It's just that parenting in this, in today's world, things that children have to fight against, things that they have to see that no child should see. 
I'm not making my childhood all about their childhoods, but the thing, the stuff that's happening in the media, you know, the the fight, you know, democracy concerns and the news getting more and more melancholic. I I wouldn't want that for them. Um, I would say that I am into my personal well-being, my health, and my happiness. I would say that I already have enough problems and issues of my own that I'm already resolving and solving. And I would say that my health does not allow for children, meaning that in my family, we have um, serious concerns of health. The things that tend to perpetuate um, issues in black indigenous people of color families, that's why I wouldn't want to pass that on to them. Because even though I'm in excellent health, because of who I'm related to, I don't know what I would pass on to them. So I don't live my life in insecurity. I don't live my life in inadequacy. I don't live my life in fear. I don't live my life in worry. I don't live my life in trauma complexes. These are just natural reasons why I'm not in having children. Um, And that also relates to existing or possible health problems, including genetic disorders that one does not want me, you know, Existing or possible health problems, including genetic disorders, that one does not want potential children inherit and mental health issues. Yeah, I have a higher likelihood to, even though I'm in excellent health, my gene pool were, 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 more, were more prone to diabetes and were more prone to cancer and even anxiety, depression. There's a high likelihood that in my biological family. And so because of the high probability, I don't want to pass it on to any of my kids. Uh, I have a strong likelihood to experience postpartum depression because of my genetics. So go figure. That could cause, for me, unhealthy neurobiological changes. Um... So the lasting effects on women's health, including mine, you know, particular research suggests that casual links between gravidity and accelerated cellular aging because energy is diverted from somatic maintenance to reproductive efforts. So that that's another reason why I'm not feeling the biological clock ticking and I'm not into the paternal instinct or drive. I have it. I'm just not into doing that biologically for myself. Uh, And sleep disruption again is a reason why, is one of the reasons why I avoid having children. I have the belief that other people are better suited to have children than myself. Um, 
I could be a responsible patient parent because I've been that way my whole life. It's just that to show that to a child, the children that are my own in this type of world, it will tug at my heart so intensely that it will just make me make me speechless and sad at the same time. Um, so this is why I say other people better to have suit are better to have children suited than myself. I'm not dissing my parental greatness. I'm just saying that for people who are into having children, they're better suited to do that than me. They're not better parents than me. I'm just saying that they're better suited for me. I... It's hard to arrange or pay for childcare. Um, I'm being busy with work. Stagnant or falling weights at the same time as high cost of living. Um, The burden of taxes and debt in this expensive country of America? Ooh. I have the belief that very few parents actually have children in order to support the country's economy. I am of the rejection of the claim that the country's economy is at risk if some people do not procreate. The rising cost of raising a child in society industrializes and urbanizes. I have unwillingness to pay the cost of raising a child. I have the inability to pay the cost of raising a child. Again, it's hard to arrange or pay for childcare. Parental leaves are non-existent or too short, and they're not trying to get paid parental leave. Expensive higher education. Uh, living in a time of pestilence or economic recession. Um, People no longer need to marry and bear children in order to be economically secure, so that includes me. It's a result of liberation, education, rising workforce participation, which I think is just awesome. Um, growing awareness that childbearing is a choice that I choose not to make. I don't support traditional gender roles because I am not a traditionalist at all. I am a non-traditionalist 100%. I'm a conventional 100%. I'm free thinking 100%. I'm free spirited 100%. I'm free living 100%. I'm free loving 100%. And I don't need to have children in order to be complete and successful. I have un- I have unwillingness to burden my children with such care or preventing a situation in which my premature death that, that, that I, I hope that never happens, when we say never happens, will orphan my children too young in age and cause them too much sorrow at my deathbed. No need 
for care by my own children one is when when I am old or close to dying uh, I'm into my expressive individualism even though I love community I'm just not into it traditionally so I'm transitioning from that um, transitioning from traditional senses of how you gotta have community and traditional opposition individualism like no I want to be myself with my family and my my people like my family and my good friends um having no children allows me to save more money for retirement um I have the ability to, to donate my inheritance to a charity of my own choice that's having to divide it amongst my own children uh Having children is not a guaranteed safety net for the parent-child relations might be strained. Might be strained. Um, I have the ability I have the ability to invest some of the time and money saved by not raising children to other socially meaningful purposes. Uh I am of the opinion that my not having children is no more selfish than having them. I, I even argue that my not having children is an unselfish act. I am of the questioning of the need for the next generation and I am of the refusal to be slaves to the genes. Because I'm like, I want to influence the next generation. I just don't want to biologically procreate the next generation. So I'm into being a positive role model without having me and my DNA into other people. <laughs> um, I'm of the belief that I can better contribute to the welfare of existing people, including children, to produce even more. I am of the view that the wish to reproduce myself is a form of selfishness because I want to already be a positive light to the people that have already been reproduced. I am of the belief that I can make an even greater contribution to humanity through my own work and through having children. For example, by my working for or donating to charities. And again, I'm of the ability to invest some of the time and my, my, my money saved by not raising children to other socially meaningful purposes. Um, I have a belief in the negative declining condition of the world and culture and in the need to avoid subjecting children to those negative conditions. This includes concerns that calamitous events, effects of global warming, war, or famine might be likely to occur within the lifetime of my children causing their suffering and their deaths. Um, I'm of the rejection of the common argument that a person who does not have children is missing out or will be more motivated at some undefined time. I'm of the view that my friendships and my relationships with adults are sufficient for my own happiness. I'm of the view that spending time with people who become like my family is sufficient for my own happiness. I am into say I am into self antenatalism. 
I am of the philosophy that is asserting that it is inherently immoral for me to bring people into the world. I generally wish to spare children from the suffering of life by me simply not having them. I negatively value procreation for myself. I abstain from procreation because it's more than wrong for me to do so. Uh, I also want to state more. I'm into child-free activism. I think that um, so many people are made to feel that they're not somebody if they don't have kids and I simply do not feel that way for myself. It would be a a burdenable long term stress responsibility for me to have children. I am countering human overpopulation and its effects by not reproducing. I have concern regarding environmental impacts of human activities, including population growth such as climate change, global warming, pollution, resource scarcity, and famines, humanitarian crises such as refugee crisis and resulting ethnic conflicts, loss of biodiversity, or mass extinction. I'm of the belief that one fewer child reduces one's carbon dioxide emissions significantly compared to, for instance, owning a car with improved fuel efficiency, replacing incandescent light bulbs with more energy efficient models, avoiding air travel, practicing comprehensive recycling, adopting a vegetarian diet. Um, yeah, and I am concerned of the breakdown of civilization. I am of the belief that very few parents actually have children in order to prevent human extinction. Uh, I am of the I am of the view that human existence inflicts suffering upon other species, just like the way they cause harm among themselves via predatory practices. I am of the rejection of the claim that the survival of the entire human species is at risk if some people do not procreate, especially in times of human overpopulation. Again, I reject that. 
I, I have general discontent with modern society because we're fighting for democracy and we shouldn't have to. I'm of the opinion that the traditional family is a decadent, energy-absorbing, destructive, wasteful institution because... I know that they're into heteronormativity, cis-normativity, cis-heteropatriarchy, and heterosexism. And I hate all those things because those things were part of my childhood in organized crime, unfortunately. Um, I'm of the belief that I can still contribute to the education of children to become happy and empathic beings as societies, for example, by being a mentor to children without being a biological parent myself. Um, I am of the rejection of procreative religious beliefs imposed by my family and community. I am of the belief that it is irresponsible to just try what parenthood is like when one is still in doubt as it burdens one with the responsibility to raise a child to adulthood once it's born with no turning back on this disappointing and aggressive decision. I am of the opposition to the undemocratic capitalism in America that I believe it to be um, to necessitate procreation and that I am of the belief that I am not missing out on any alleged benefits of parenthood as long as I do not know what parenthood is like. Uh, I like other people's children. I just don't want any myself. Hmm. I've always felt this way. The consent of the unborn child before deciding to procreate the life like they, they didn't ask to be here do they even want to be here do they even want to come through myself and other parent <laughs> I think that way There's more I want to say. When it comes to another reason why I'm child free, there's a lack of mutual respect, human dignity, and privacy among individuals, institutions, and minor societies. Because humanity has lost courage in itself, lost compassion in itself.
those are all the reasons why I choose not to ever have any children. There's absolutely more that I do need to say because I don't want to have to repeat this anymore by myself because that would be annoying not for me to do because I know there's other things that I gotta I gotta say in terms of tending to uh Here are my special honesties. I am single by choice forever. I am voluntarily childless by choice forever. I am voluntarily child-free by choice forever. I do not date commitment date by choice forever. I am petless and I am pet-free by choice forever. I live completely alone by choice forever as a confirmed bachelor by choice forever. That means I do not do any parenting, biological, foster, perfect, adopted, and informal. That means that I never marry, I never engage, and I do not do dating. In other words, I do not do commitment dating. But I do, I do casual dating, though. That also means no pets, no pet, no roommates, no roommates. My first reason is because spending more time away from home with and slash or without my immediate family by constantly embarking on adventures means constantly squeezing each other in for free time, which is a juggling hassle for me. My second and final reason is because spending more time with colleagues and with loved ones would cause mental health challenges for me since I am a very close-knit person who likes to have plenty of energy for the ones closest to me. Glad I got that off my chest. And so, I am a voluntary childlessness, also called being child free, which describes my voluntary choice never to have children. Mm. Now you know why. And you should also know why I feel this way. Okay. I'll make this simple and plain. Why I choose to live totally alone forever. It's simple. I can eat what I want when I want. There's no one expecting me to cook dinner. When I cook something delicious, I don't have to share it. No one eats the last piece of pie before I get home. Everything stays where I put it. I can stay up as long as I want. No one wakes me up when I want to sleep late. I can turn the volume up as loud as I want. I can watch what I want on TV. If I wake up at 3 a.m., I can turn on the TV or the light. I don't have to nag anyone about chores. I don't have to clean up after anybody. I don't have to clean up when all I want to do is write. There's no one sick and coughing keeping me up all night. I can skip the shower when when all I want to do is write. I can fart if I want to. I don't have to shut the bathroom door. I don't have to talk to anyone if I don't want to. 
I can keep the utility bills low. There's no one to shame me if I binge and eat a half box of cookies. If I'm missing an ingredient in the middle of a if I am missing an ingredient in the middle of preparing a recipe, there's no one to run to the store and get it. I can go get it myself. Because they might be late getting back and my company might leave when we're gone or they may make a mistake like if I do it myself, I know I won't make a mistake. I could hog the covers in bed, I don't have to listen to snoring. I could keep the ter- I could keep the house at the temperature I prefer. I don't have to worry someone is waiting up for me. So those are my reasons that I love and I get to have uninterrupted sex. I get to travel. I get to decorate my home however I like. And I get to live by my own terms. I get to follow my own rules. I get to do my own damn thing. Those are all my reasons why I am into living alone voluntarily forever. Now, It's, I'm going to keep this really simple. I already did an episode on this, so I won't repeat everything. Here's why I'm ethically non-monogamous. Now and forevermore. I want, I want and need to explore my sexuality. I know that one partner at a time makes me feel like I can't explore my sexuality and my romanticism to the fullest. Ethical non-monogamy allows me to explore my sexuality and my romanticism. (sighs) While still being a full enjoyment with someone that I am with. I love wholesomely and lust wholesomely more than one person at a time. I am programmed to romantically, sexually, emotionally, love wholesomely and lust wholesomely more than two people. And I feel that monogamy holds me back from my truest self. Partners believe monogamy is a product of jealous and possessive feelings. Non-monogamy involves my not even having to have those feelings. So I can experience more wholesome love and more wholesome lust. And monogamy is beautiful. Most monogamy, there's no jealousy or possessiveness and such reality TV ways. That's understandable, but still, I just, I'm not into monogamy. I love having variety in my sex life, my romantic life. Opening up my relationships allows me to do so without some of the limitations found within monogamy. One partner may not be able to meet all of my needs and all of my wants. 
In some cases, some of my partners may not be in a position physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally to satisfy all of my sexual and romantic needs and wants. For example, one of my partners may be turned on by kink or a certain type of sexual slash romantic playfulness and non-monogamy allows my desires to be fulfilled by other people. And that one person may be more turned on by kink or certain type of sexual slash romantic playfulness. I'm describing myself. You know, for me, in my ethical non-monogamy, we date whoever is right for us, and we have sex with whoever is right for us. We fall for whoever is right for us. We're open about being open, and socially, we allow our openness to remain Unclosed. Hmm. So we have safety, healthy physical limits, healthy emotional boundaries, healthy who to tell, healthy who not to tell. What that means is we don't share everything about our relationship in public in terms of our life off camera. Some things we keep between us. Depending upon who I'm with. Who not to see. We have a healthy who not to see. And um, we have healthy open relationships. So. I need to clarify more of what I'm saying. So why am I ethically non-monogamous? Thank you for asking. I'm into hybrid relationships where one of my partners is. I'm into hybrid relationships where I am the non-monogamous partner and my other partners monogamous. I'm I'm into that. They don't all have to be that way. Um, I'm into multi-partner relationships between three or more of my partners where. A sexual relationship does not occur between all the parties involved if we want it that way. It doesn't have to be. If they sexual relationship can happen with all parties involved or not, that's up to, to all of us. I'm into swinging in which I'm a single person that engaged in sexual activity with others, other singles and couples as a recreational and social activity. Yes, I do polyamory, which is the practice desire acceptance of having more than one intimate relationship at a time with the enthusiastic knowledge and enthusiastic consent of everyone involved. And I do engage in sex activity at the same time. Again, that's my swinging. I see swinging as one of my healthy outlets and means to strengthen my relationship 
And for me, because I'm a swinger, I engage in casual sex, which means that I maintain that sex among swingers like me is often more frank and deliberate and therefore more honest in infidelity. Fuck cheating. Um, I like I like healthy open love and healthy open lust. How about that? Okay, my other reasons for my ethical um, monogamy. I am being non-monogamous by nature because I was born that way. I am realizing that. One of my partners, and just partners in general, no one is able to fulfill, to fulfill all your needs and all your wants. And there's varying sex drive between myself and my partners. Um, I'm desiring more freedom, more companionship, more intellectual variety, and more variety of sexual partners. Uh, and my getting ahead career-wise and maintaining um, relationships. Um, Sex may be more pleasing and the participants may engage in more frequently than those in an average couple. That's definitely me. Distance when partners live in separate, separate parts of the world or part or all the time. That happens to me. Most of my partners are that way, but a handful. Uh, I'm able to meet other couples and individuals, including singles, with a similar outlook with whom as the participants we can connect with on on, on an intellectual and emotional level. Um, there's less, I mean, I have the enjoyment of new relationship energy, the state of heightened emotional and sexual receptivity and excitement experienced during the formation of a new physical relationship that would be me. Uh, and I don't do jealousy, possessiveness, or commitment attachment in my relationships. None of those things are even issues for me at all, or who I'm with. Uh, uh, There's difference emerging between two people's relationships with me and somebody else, so this difference means I need to have more partners. So I can have those needs and wants met. Uh, I'm usually the one with the highest sex drive and the highest need for lovey dovey, so go figure. And any new relationship is healthy. Um, only positive people are in the in our relationship. So we have healthy needs, healthy wants, healthy limits, healthy expectations, and healthy commitments to treating ourselves and each other with the utmost respect. So we have healthy interactions with each other and healthy permission to. There's healthy honesty, healthy trust, healthy boundaries, healthy time management, healthy maintenance. Um, 
we have healthy sexual settings boundaries and uh, healthy geographical boundaries, healthy interpersonal boundaries, healthy community boundaries, healthy partner boundaries to uh, You separate sex from emotions and love well. Uh, my partners do too. And I'm liking other people, but I'm not wanting to end a relationship I had with someone before these new people came along. That's real for me. And yes, we have healthy sexual boundaries, so we don't put ourselves in sexually reckless nor sexually dangerous or sexually unsafe situations. I just really love being honest, as y'all already know. And I can... Wait, wait, wait. I gotta share this. I am of solo polyamory. Solo polyamory is the fact that I do have intimate relationships with multiple partners, but I still live a single lifestyle. I think of myself as my own partner, and I know that my most important commitment is to myself. That is not narcissism, that is not psychopathy, that is not sociopathy, that is not psychopathy. Okay. It is how I is one of my definitions for my healthy self-esteem. And because I'm solo polyamorous, and in other words, I'm solo poly, I do not want to live with, share finances with, marry, have children with my partners. But just in case people didn't really catch what I said, I do not want to live with my partners. I do not want to share finances with my partners. I do not want to marry any of my partners. I don't I don't want to have children with any of my partners. One more time. I do not want to live with any of my partners. I do not want to live with all my partners. I do not want to share finances with any of my partners. I do not want to share finances with all of my partners. I do not want to marry any of my partners. I don't I don't want to marry all of my partners. I don't want to have children with any of my partners. I don't want to have children with all of my partners. I am actively, casually dating many people, and that is a part of my solo policy. And I am actively having casual relationships and having casual sex with many people, and that is a part of my being solo poly. Again, I am not afraid of commitment. I'm not arrogant. I am not inconsiderate. Again, I am not narcissistic. I am not a psychopath, I'm not a sociopath, and I am not a psychopath. I have casual romantic relationships. Casual romantic dating too. 
So I do, there is sex and romance. I just, it's never monogamous and it's never one person and that's it. Never that. I consider my friendships to be just as important as my intimate relationships. I prefer to focus on my own personal growth, my hobbies, my career, my myself, rather than on a serious romantic relationship. Um, I don't have a desire to marry, live with a partner, reach other stages of the relationship. In other words, no marriage for me, no living with a partner for me and I'm not into the whole serious relationship escalators thing, no and I think of myself as my primary commitment, that's for motherfucking goddamn sure I'm not into moving in together I'm not into getting engaged, I'm not into courting I'm not into courtships um, I'm not into marrying, I'm not into merging finances, I'm not into having children. I don't make it mandatory to be open about my relationships online or in public. I'm not into us referring to ourselves as a couple. I'm not in, you know, I'm, in other words, I don't make it mandatory for that. When I say I'm not into, it's not mandatory. And I'm not, and I don't make it mandatory for us to call each other who uh, lovey dovey nicknames. And, and I don't make it mandatory that we meet each other's families. Ugh. People become like my family. That's a different story. Because biological, oh, hell, the fuck no. My solo polyamory is a type of my ethical non-monogamy that involves my living a single lifestyle instead of pursuing a shared future with partners and a partner or a partner. No. It's liberate being solo polyamory is liberating for me since I identify with it. Solo polyamory gives me the space to pursue what I want without needing to consider a partner's future plans. I tend to what I really want, both relationally and individually. I tend to what I really need, both relationally and individually. Um, you know, I get to pursue what I really need without needing to or wanting to consider a partner's future plans. I get to focus on what makes me joyful. Here are the last 
I don't want to own any pets. The, let's see. It's about the fact that pets are way too expensive. Right? For example, taking it to the vet every time, taking like pets, taking the pets to the vet whenever they need to, and brushing it and bathing it and playing with it and feeding it and taking them on daily walks and always being home enough to spend time with the pets. It's too time consuming and it interferes with my professional responsibilities and my solo polyamorous responsibilities too so no I don't want to pet own at all I don't want to keep doing those things do you have the time to really give when it comes to all responsibilities covers having pets no I don't I don't that's why I refuse to be a pet owner no 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 Wow. The cost of owning that, it could be 20, oh wow. Nearly $43,000. A little higher than $27,000 of a lifetime. No, no way. And they have to constantly clean up after it and the fur and the hair gets everywhere they might jump on your bed, disrupt your sleep, and pounce you, or they might attack you for some weird reasons. No thanks. I don't want to deal with that. Then you have to constantly be concerned with losing your pet, and you constantly have to keep it in a cage, or lock it up, or discipline it, or say go, or fetch, and constantly telling it what to do, and treating it similar to a baby after recognizing this animal. I don't want to do any of those things. I motherfucking know. So now you understand the basics of who the fuck I motherfucking am. Peace out, you cool ass motherfuckers. Mm-hmm.